Josh Williams here, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 89 for Wednesday, January 23rd, 2019. How's it going, onesies? Welcome back to this here, a podcast. I'm going to be talking about uh, some of the PSVR work I did, uh, had my birthday, did some dinners, did some hangouts, played some games. Oh man, did I have a week between our chats. It is Tuesday, as usual, recording this uh, podcast, and uh, I think I want to do a speed round version of the podcast this week, guys. I, uh, as much as I did things and I could tell you all about them, I feel like, uh, you know what my gift to myself is, is to maybe just do a short version of this. So, uh, you know, if for some reason you guys feel like this is a shorter one, and of course I think this every single week when I do this, that it'll be short and it ends up being its usual hour to two hours long. Like, like I have that much shit to entertainingly talk about. Um, don't know if that's a sentence, uh, the insecurity creeps in as usual and, uh, yeah, so I want to make it a short one. I have things I can talk about and who knows, maybe it'll be long, but if it's a short one, well, fuck it. That's what I get. And if you guys are like, well, that was over too quick, which I doubt because nine times out of 10, when I talk to people I'm like, yeah, I didn't get, to, I didn't finish the last one. So these things apparently are marathons at times. Um, just know that, uh, that I, I intended to be short. I wanted to be short. It feels like homework this week as it does on a lot of different weeks, but, uh, but here we go. Happy you're here. Buckle up. Let's have some fucking fun. All right. So. Uh, last week I did some work for PSVR. I did that at the Rito Center. Rito Center is goddamn garbage. Um, it is a mall in my city that costs a fortune to fucking park in. And even though I got my brand new vehicle and I wanted to drive it every day, I did not feel like spending $30 a day to park that motherfucker at Rito. So I got to take the bus and I made uh, a couple mistakes when taking the bus. Mistakes that cost me walking home in very cold weather because I took, uh, you know, the, the last time I took the bus, I lived somewhere different. And even though it's not too far from where I live now, um, it just had an old feel. I fucked up and ended up having to walk home in the cold. A few days, Kamar saw me. Uh, I was, my face was super red and I was screaming at the sky on my way home. I was so pissed off and I had made the mistake when it was, I, I'd figured it out before, you know, when it was too late to, to correct it. So I walked home for like 15 minutes in the cold and we're talking crazy cold, like my hands up in my jacket fingers freezing it felt like and and even though everything's up there the wind's still blowing it felt like the wind was coming into the hole like a jack russell terrier trying to flush out a fucking gopher and just slicing my fingers and and even fingers curled up just just felt like razor blades on my face i mean i was just oh fuck off like and where i was walking is a wide open field called the experimental farm and uh yeah one side is like you know hospital so it's relatively open to an extent and uh, the other side was just flat open field so that wind was able to pick up and just fucking run like a goddamn horse in the open plains just nothing but room for it to pick up and just just come at my face uh it sucked but so i bust because of the the playstation vr stuff uh at the radio center to avoid spending 30 dollars a day i'm telling you busing is, is still for me a garbage experience um I spoke to an old boss one time who had told me that she's like, I took the bus today and it was just, it was kind of fun. It was, you know, I don't do it all the time, but I took it. And it was an interesting little, I'm like, oh, go fuck yourself. It's like, like visiting a zoo or something like that. That's what the bus is to me. Sorry, I'm, I'm suffering. I know Peter hates it when I drink while talking, but I'm suffering some massive heartburn. And even though I've taken prescript, expensive prescription medication for it, it is not kicked in yet. So I'm going to have to sip on water occasionally to put out the fire in my chest. Okay. Another reason I don't feel like just talking constantly because it makes my heart burn worse. Um, 
also these PSVR days were like, you know, anywhere from, they were scheduled 13 hours long, 13 hours long on your feet, standing and doing this stuff. You guys have heard me talk about it before. I won't, I won't, I'll spare you the details, but long story short, uh, I have spent so much time talking this last week, straight after straight after, and answering the dumbest questions. Like nothing will set you off wanting to talk to anybody, you know, less, more, who cares, whatever. The point is you won't want to fucking talk to people after answering the dumbest mouth breathing questions. Rito has the biggest mouth breathers in the city. God, it was a terrible experience to have to be there for so long, you know, but you know, you're making money, right? I'm, I'm basically getting paid to, you know, dick around with, with VR, but it was a lot of hours on my feet and I had to take the bus that ruins your day right from the get go. Um, but I did get to play some new games. All right. Some, uh, PlayStation VR, new games. One was called dead hungry, I believe. And it's a game where you're working in a food truck, right? Throwing hamburger patties on a fryer, you know, eggs on a fryer. There's bacon. There's, uh, you know, all the accoutrement for, um, for, for burgers. And then they have a fryer on the side where you can throw in like, I guess, battered fish and fries and, and, you know, drink machines and the whole point of the game. Oh, and there's a little oven off the side too, that has, you can stick pizzas in the whole point though, is you cook food and you throw it at zombies and the zombies eat it. And if they, once they're fed enough, they turn back into people. Yay. You score points. Fun. It's just a dick around little kitchen game, just using, making use of the zombie theme that has been played out so much, but it's a fun game. Very, very cool. I got to play. What else did I play? Um, trying to think of some new titles that they had on this particular go around. Moss is a fun game. It's a little mouse and you solve puzzles. Ah, it's super cute. It's just a cute little VR game. Um, and I think, I think that's about it for something like that I found new and noteworthy. We had lots of new games. I just didn't give a fuck. Um, there was a boxing game that everyone wanted to play. So again, the ones that everyone wanted to play and people get wicked into like all these young teenagers, were they young and teenagers, Josh? What's the, what are the odds? Um, yeah, all these teenagers were coming up and they were getting like way too into it because they're all, they're all, they all know that they're friends there. So they're, they're all posturing. Oh man, I don't miss being a fucking insecure teen. I, I would much rather continue my position as an insecure adult, but just like, like the level of posturing and peacocking for your friends, like to pretend like you're going to fucking knock this motherfucker. It was so funny because we would give them all instructions like, Hey, when you get into this boxing game, you're not going to be able to hit him right away. He's going to, you have to dodge his hits first and then you come back at him afterwards. Just like playing Mike Tyson's punch out. We're like, there's no way to hit him before you've dodged a punch of his. And they're like, okay, they get in the game. Oh, and they start swinging right away. And you're like, you fucking moron. Like just about every one of them, just, honest to God, like 99% of the people you tell, them, okay. Again, they start swinging. You're like, you fucking say whatever. Never, it never ceases to amaze me how many fucking Sorry, I'm swearing too much. Uh, I, I'm just conscious of it now. Um, how many stupid people are out there? And I mean, like, you know what? I get you're excited and stuff, but for God's sakes, like just how many people get told things, you know, <laughs> like don't dive into the two foot pool, you know, you're going to fucking kill yourself. Don't like, there's so many things out there and, and it's, and you know what? The people are like, well, we have to protect them. Put a sign up. Let, no, let them kill themselves. That's, I, I love animals. I really do. And it breaks my heart when I see them dead at the side of the road. But guess what? That's natural selection. The smart ones learn, don't go where those fucking dangerous things are or wait till they're gone. You don't see squirrels with signs up saying, watch out cars. That's natural selection. There's too many people, too many people on this fucking planet. There really is. Let the dumb ones go. The ones that you tell them, don't, you can't budge until you dodge. 
All right. If you can't, let's first off, if you're spending all your time playing video games, you're probably not contributing that much to society anyways. All right. I said all your time, not some, some recreationally is fine, but if you're the dumb ones that can't even play the video games proper, you got to go. You got to go. I'm sorry. That's, uh, you're in the way. That's all, uh, that's, uh, you know, the, the, the goddamn and the bus people, you guys are next. Jesus Christ. Having to ride the fuck. I had to ride the bus the week after a bunch of people died too. Right. That's why I was saying like, it was just, it was just ridiculous. I stayed at the back of the fucking bus. I wanted to find a nice, nice spot in the middle where if it gets attacked from both sides, it can crumple up and hopefully I'll survive. Anyways. All right. Well, here's me 10 minutes in. I've talked about one thing, whatever. So I was day after day. A few breaks in between, but it also made me want to play my own place to, or yeah, my own PlayStation VR a little bit. There's a game that I was playing a long time ago and I came back to it and I actually finished it in one evening. I didn't realize it was that short. It's a game called Dino Frontier. What? Dino Frontier? What is that like? Well, you know, having played so much Red Dead, uh, you know, the, the whole cowboy theme is not, uh, not unfamiliar to me right now. And uh, there's a wonderful game called Dino Frontier where you're basically building a little town. Not unlike, uh, you know, the old Starcraft games and Age of Empires and all those little Command and Conquer. I know I'm dating myself because I'm trying to think of a recent game where you do that kind of shit in. Um, but the idea is, you know, you, you're building a town and uh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta gather resources and things like that. Only instead of having livestock like bulls and cows and horses, your livestock is dinosaurs. The dino DNA, uh, you know what I'm saying? There's dinosaurs. So you got to go out and you got to, you got to tame dinosaurs, bring them back and different dinos do different things around your town. So it's just really fun to play because you got, um, you know, this whole world sort of expanding in front of you and you're, you're at the helm of it and controlling it. It's very, very cool. Um, and then of course there's parts where you go off and you take on this, uh, bandit King guy. So you gotta go to a mine. And as you're trying to mine gold and stone and stuff like that, he's sending wave after wave of his, his bandits and his dinosaurs after you. So, but it's very, very fun. Very, very cool. Very interactive. Um, just short. That's all, but it's, uh, I'm glad I have it. Anybody, you know, any of my listeners or friends that ever come over and want to give it a try. I strongly suggest it and I uh, would love for you to come play it because, uh, I paid for it and it's, it's short. It's very linear. So it's as much as you're building, it's not like one of those games where, you know, you can just keep building and expanding and building and expanding. And there's lots more things like you, you get a maximum of, I think, uh, eight, eight villagers or whatever townsfolk. So it's not like it's, it's huge and as vast as some of those other games I listed, but it's the same play, you know, you got to build a saloon. So your, your people can have fun. You got to build a, uh, you know, a doctor so they can get healed. You got to build a you know, shooting range so they can get better at their attacks. So like, like that's very, it's very, very cool in that regard. Build a lumber mill, build a, a food refinery or whatever the fuck. Anyways, Dino Frontier, very fun game. Uh, Google it if you want to know more about it, but it was really, it was a lot of fun and I finished it um, one of the evenings. I also played a game that I have called Static. Static is think of an escape room on your hands. So uh, every level, you know, you've got this box in your hands and the controller allows you to move all sorts of switches and dials on this box. So it's kind of like a little Rubik's cube escape room that your hands are trapped in. And so every level you got to solve the, the puzzles and you're looking around the room that you're in to hopefully give you some hints as to what the codes or, or things are uh, on the box. And I finished that as well. So, uh, I spent a, spent a little bit of time in VR, these, this doing PlayStation VR, the one thing that it had going for it besides, uh, you know, getting paid eventually, um, is that I, uh, I rekindled a bit of my love for my VR. I even played, uh, about an hour of Red Dead 2 in the VR. So Red Dead Redemption 2 is not a VR game, but for those of you who don't know, a little plug for PlayStation, 
is that any uh, game can be played in VR. And what it ends up looking, they call it cinematic mode. It basically looks like you're playing the game on an IMAX screen in the theater. So you put the helmet on and you just have this big ass screen in front of you. So it's still rectangular. It's not a VR game, but uh, you know, it's big and cool. And uh, I played some Red Dead in that. I also played Grand Theft Auto V in that a while back. And uh, not for long, because it's a little overwhelming just how fucking big it is. But uh, it was definitely cool. Grand Theft Auto was too much because you're driving it. You're just flying so fucking fast and, and there's so much screen coming at you. Like I said, if you're playing at, a, at the IMAX, it's kind of like, whoa, I can't, I can't even take in the, the thing that I'm about to hit because it's already in front of me. It's cool. It's fun. It's novel. Whatever. PlayStation VR, thumbs up from me. Um, played some games, had some good times. Um, on uh, whatever, it doesn't matter what day. I went to see my buddy Chris. Spent the morning with Chris. We uh, played a board game, um, and uh, we had some some poutine. Chris made homemade poutine with, uh, for those of you listening internationally, poutine is fries. Yes, fries. Potato fries? You bet. Is there another kind? Uh, potato fries. And then you put cheese curds. And uh, you might be surprised, Canadian listeners, but people in other parts of the world do not even know what the fuck a cheese curd is. Shocking. I know. But uh, I had a buddy named uh, Slade Ham from Texas who refused to try poutine, even though like his best friend also from Texas um, would constantly eat poutine. He like wouldn't even go to a restaurant with me unless poutine was an option on the menu because they don't have it in the States. I've mentioned that before. But Slade refused to try it because it was he was like, what is it? I'm like, it's fries, cheese curds, and gravy. He's like, ugh, cheese curds. It sounded gross to him. So he's like, I don't want it. A cheese curd sounds gross. And I'm like, it's just, it's just a regular, like that's how, you know, it's just cheese and they pour gravy over it and the gravy just melts the cheese. It's like melted cheese. He goes, well, and they just call it melted cheese. I'm like, because it's not melted before they put it on. I'm like, think of it as just chunks of cheese, you know? And he just, for the longest time refused to try it. And then finally tried it. He was like, what the fuck? This is the fucking bomb. I'm like, yeah, that's why I want it. Anyways, long story short. So for those who don't know, cheese curds is fries. Or sorry, poutine is fries with pieces of cheese, cheese curds on top, and then hot gravy, which melts the cheese. So just basically melted cheese, melted like mozzarella style cheese on, uh, on fries with gravy. Yeah. Gravy, cheese, and fries. Delicious. And they do do an addition of it in the States. And the reason that mozzarella style cheese is so important is they do have, uh, like a poutine style thing in the States that they call disco fries, which is so stupid because there's nothing glittery or dancey about it. Fucking idiots. You're not going to eat poutine and then go dancing. Monkeys, monkeys, goddamn monkeys. Um, <laughs> disco fries, they use cheddar cheese, which is weird to me because cheddar is an interesting flavor. So with gravy and cheddar, I, I don't know if that would work. The fact that mozzarella is more of a texture than it is a taste. Um, interesting enough. Okay. So I'm going to turn this into a long ass podcast because I'm, I'm discussing the differences of cheeses on poutines. Point is Chris and I made poutine and it ended up being like a Costco poutine, like all, and I got to say like almost identical to a Costco poutine. So for my Canadian listeners, he did in fact use St. Albert's cheese curds, one of the most popular cheese curd companies in Canada. They, they are known for their quality. So he used that, used St. St. Hubert's gravy, you know, boiled it on the stove top, piping hot. Used some Cavendish fries, used all the right ingredients, but uh, it was like a Costco poutine in the sense that the gravy is thin. It's not thick, um, so it doesn't melt the cheese. And Chris even went to the trouble of, of putting the bag of cheese curds in warm water to kind of soften them before we even put them on the thing. We, we did everything right, but but it was almost 
and I mean almost identical to Costco's poutines in that the gravy tasted the same. I think they used the same Cavendish fries and the same cheese curds. It was just, it was a Costco poutine. Chris made homemade Costco poutine. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, but unfortunately we just couldn't get those cheese curds to melt. So it was basically eating fries and gravy and then chunks of cheese, but delicious. I'd do it again. Chris, I know you're listening. Thank you for going through the trouble of doing that. I appreciate it. We also played a game called Northwind where you basically just pirates, pirate ships, or sorry, merchant ships. We were not pirate ships. We were not raping and pillaging. Um, that's Vikings. Actually, I don't think, I didn't, I don't think pirates raped and pillaged, but feel free to correct me guys. Um, yeah, it was just a merchant ship game. It was fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to playing it again. I've actually already played it since with my mom. Um, she, uh, she and I hung out on Sunday for my birthday. So we went out to a board game store and we were basically just going to look around. We were waiting. We were going to go have lunch somewhere, but we had both eaten. So we were sort of waiting a little bit and we ended up being at a board game store that had a crazy good selection. And, uh, we just wandered around there for like three and a half hours looking at all these games, Googling them to see if they were getting good reviews and whatnot. I know this sounds like the nerdiest fucking shit, especially all my listeners who don't play board games, but I'm telling you, man, sitting down, having a couple of drinks, playing a board game, it's social, it's fun. And, uh, I thorough, I thoroughly enjoy it. I, I am thoroughly enjoying it there. And, uh, yeah, I'm at a point now where I don't think I could even acquire anymore. I don't have any more space on top of my desk to, to store them. And, and by on top of my desk, I don't mean that they're sitting on, on the desk part of the desk. I've got like sort of a, an L-shaped desk that's got a cabinet on top. So on top of the cabinet, there's all this space between the ceiling and the, you know, and the top. And I store my games there. I don't have a lot of space in this here house full of crazy people, you know? So anyways, got some new games, had some, uh, had some fun, played some games with my, uh, my mother, played some games with Chris. So that was a fun little way to, to hang out, do some stuff. On Friday, I did the PSVR thingy again, but uh, but afterwards, I uh, I went to hang out with uh, with Crystal. Crystal and I were planning on hanging out day on Saturday, but we had a couple movies that we wanted to watch. We couldn't decide, so I was chatting with her, and she's like, "Well, why don't we watch one on Friday night?" I was like, "Yeah, let's do that. Spend some time, hang out." So we watched a movie called Truth or Dare. And, uh, Crystal and I both are big fans of horror movies. Um, but of course, as I've mentioned before in the podcast, sometimes when it comes to horror, thriller, suspense, you know, paranormal movies, you got to watch like five shitty ones for every good one you get. Maybe it's not, maybe the number's not that high. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a, you know, 25% of them are good, but we do our best to, uh, to, to, to vet some of the movies first, you know, see if we can get a Rotten Tomatoes score or something like that. You know, Rotten Tomatoes, if you're not using it, guys, is a great barometer, okay? RottenTomatoes.com, throw in the name of the movie. It doesn't matter if it's on Netflix or whatever. Don't look at the Netflix percentage. Oh, 98% match. Match to what? What are you matching it with? Those sections on Netflix don't even know the difference between a sci-fi movie and a fucking comedy. You know what I mean? Like, they'll put something like the, the fifth element. I don't even... And you know what? Even this is too good an example because I'm desperately trying. They'll put like... They'll put like it in the children's section because there's a clown. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're just fucking stupid. Some, some of the things you see in a section, you're like, this is not the slightest bit, you know, that theme at all. So, you know, and then it's like 98% match. And you're like, to what? What do you, what do you match to what? Whatever. Sorry. I'm not, I'm not actually angry. I just don't get it. So the point is, you know, you're trying to get a movie. Well, where the fuck do we One sec. Ugh, all my cords are shortened. Trying to throw away the shit I'm fidgeting with, so I'm not making sounds with you guys. So, anyways, Truth or Dare uh, is a movie about you know this this group of friends. They go off. Uh, oh, 
Uh, you know what, Alphonic, I'll probably block that out. There's been a lot of accidents on Ottawa in the last 48 hours. I might get to that. Just people drive like morons. The weather gets bad. It's been like, it's been like negative 20 something here in Ottawa, Celsius with the windshield negative 40. I don't even know what that is in Fahrenheit, but it's fucking cold. Actually, you know what? I'd only be doing Fahrenheit for my American listeners um, because the rest of the world uses Celsius. Um, but they like to do their own thing. They're very cute like that. You know, it's like a kid coloring outside the lines. They're like, this is how I like it. It's a purple pony. Um, and it's a free spirit. Um, anyways, yeah, it's been cool. There's, there's, there's uh, a lot of accidents here. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Not that it's that interesting. Just, uh, just suck for me. I've been stuck in traffic all morning. I've been Ubering again and, and getting up at appropriate hours to do it. So I've been, uh, been particularly pleased with the, uh, the money I've been making as of late and, uh, the hard work I've been doing, but, uh, but I've been, I've been, let's put it this way. I've been on the highways a lot and getting out of the way for a lot of ambulances and police cars and fire trucks because people don't know how to drive. And when the weather gets bad, all the stupid drivers are like, oh, I should probably go out and contribute. Um, anyways, sorry. That's for, I have a lot of frustration with drivers. I don't, I get, I get, I don't get road rage. I get road frustration. I look at the other drivers and I'm just like, what are you, what the fuck are you doing? Anyways, let's not shift gears. Truth or dare. A group of friends go to Mexico. They're, they're doing the usual thing, getting drunk, having a good time. They meet some strange guy and he takes them off to this, some mausoleum thing and they play a game of truth or dare. And, uh, and they don't realize that they have gone ahead and gotten themselves involved in a game of truth or dare. Not unlike it follows, um, where now the game is following them home or wherever they go and, and possessing people around them and, and making them ask truth or dare. Um, and, uh, yeah, so the game is basic. Or so the movie is basically truth or dare. If you, if you don't tell the truth, you die. If you don't do the dare, you die. If you refuse to play, you die. So basically have no choice, but to play the game. And it comes after every single person in the same order that they played, blah, blah, blah. So just think of it like final destination meets it follows, um, only have a choice rather than final destination where it's just coming to kill you anyways. It's, uh, it gives you a choice. You can live, but you got to keep playing. So yeah, there you go. Truth or dare. It was, it was okay. It wasn't horrible. It's actually kind of, it was actually fun. It was entertaining, but the end just kind of falls apart. So feel free to watch it. If it's kicking around one of your streaming services, um, it's, it's an entertaining watch. Just know that you're going to be like, what, you know, it's just, it just sort of like fizzles up. But again, you're talking about a movie about like, you know, a demon that, that plays truth or dare. Like how fucking, how millennial is that? What if our game was like possessed or something, right? Oh my God. We should make a movie. Anyways, so we watched that. And then, uh, and then Crystal hung up with me on my birthday. We went to, she took me for breakfast. We had a good time at breakfast. Um... And by that, I just mean, I enjoyed her company and the breakfast was great. However, both her and I noticed that we had like seven different servers. And I've noticed that lately, like you'll go into a restaurant and, and someone's like, Hey, I can get you guys something to drink. And, and they're like, great. You know? And then before they've even brought you menus or whatever, and then someone else come like, Hey guys, uh, have you, anyone come by to get you a drink yet? And you're like, uh, yeah, they, they took our drink. We're like, okay, great. Perfect. And then like someone else comes over to drop us up menus. Right? Like, I don't know if you just know this, but sometimes you got like, you know, you'll order your food from your server and then like. I, I'm not, and I'm not saying this in a derogatory way, but then like, like a bus boy will bring you your food, right? Or, or like someone completely different will, will bring you your food and you're like, oh, I guess they got a little bit busy. Like usually like if it happens like one time during, uh, 
during a visit, you're like, oh, I guess they just were in the middle of something else and someone's helping them out, right? Teamwork. But it like, I'm starting to get to the point where it's like something, you know, you get like three or four different people in a transaction. And then I feel bad because I'm like, okay, well, I hope they split tips here because I'm tipping like my server, but they wrote down the order. And so far other people have run us the food. Other people have brought us the stuff we actually want. You just took the order. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I just, I found that weird. But when we were at, when we were at a breakfast place, we had honestly, like honestly, like six different people. I think that only twice did the same person come to the table. Um, Yeah. Like, like twice, like out of the five or six different people we had, two of them came to the table twice and that was it. The entire transaction was different people the whole way through and it was fucking weird. So we were just like, we both talked about it, like, it's going to be like, I think the first, like we had five different people before we saw the same person twice. Basically that's, that's to the, yeah, it was weird. Um, we also played some VR. So Crystal and I had, uh, we did like a little scotch tasting. She knows I'm into scotch. So I was like, Hey, let's try some of these scotches here. So she was, uh, she was fun with that. Um, wasn't a big scotch fan and that's fine. It's not for everyone. I still appreciated the participation. Um, played some VR. She's never, she never played the, the PlayStation VR. And after spending the week there, I was like, do you want to try it? And she was like, yeah, it'd be cool. So, um, crystal gets motion sickness sometimes. So if we do like long trips in the car and stuff like that, sometimes she'll take a gravel. Um, but, uh, but I put her in a passive one where you're just sort of looking around where it's not really moving around too much on you to not make motion sickness. And she did great with it. She was actually having a lot of fun. She wasn't like one of those morons at the mall where I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to put you in, you're going to do this and that. And then completely doesn't listen. No, she was great. She was very mindful of the cord of the VR two while looking around, but she was like getting right into it. It's like some people, I told this joke here. I'll tell you guys this joke. All right. Um, I joke, but I mean, it's like something funny. I said that I think I might write into a joke. Um, the, the premise is like some people you would put them into the VR and it's like underwater there's manta rays and sea turtles and fish and it's colorful and there's shit happening all around you. Like if you just tilt your head up, you'll see stuff. You'll look left or right. There's stuff to see everywhere and you can get into it. Like, I don't mean get into it, like be like a, a ridiculous person. I just mean like, look around. There's, there's things going on everywhere. It's, it's pretty, pretty impressive to look at, look around, enjoy it, get into it. And there'd be some people who would just stare forward. You know, you're looking at them and they're just staring forward. You can look at the TV screen that's showing you what they see and they're just staring forward. A shark's going by, they're just staring forward. They're not even like, oh, what's, like, it's not even like if I waved your hand in front of you, you go, oh, oh, sorry, what's up? You know what I mean? It's like someone daydreaming, just staring forward, not really caring, not looking around. And I was like, that's the equivalent to me of like starfishing in bed. You know, you just look at someone and they're just not doing anything. They're not engaged. They're not a part of it. They're just like, uh, just tell me when it's over. Yes, this is fun. I'm having fun, you know? So I'm just, I was like, I, I don't think that uh, if I was to, to go back to the dating world, I don't think that I would be like, hey, let's ask questions and let's do it. I'd be like, look, before this can work, I'm going to take you to my house. I'm going to put you in the VR. It's going to tell me a lot about you that you don't even realize. You're going you're gonna to be telling me things you don't even realize you're telling me. But I don't need 15 fucking questions from Cosmo. I'm going to put you in the VR. And I'm going to see if you're a starfish. If you're a starfish, we can't be together. And if you have fun and you're excited and you're engaged, and I don't mean like wacky again, just to, just to, you know, don't expect someone to be a fucking whack job. But if you get excited and you get engaged at the idea of being underwater and seeing a shark, 
you know, or, or doing anything like that. That's cool. So my point is, is that Crystal was not just sitting there staring for it. Even someone with motion sickness, she was actually having fun and, and enjoying it. But at the end of the thing, I forgot they sort of like, they haul you up in a hurry because the shark starts attacking the cage. And I guess the, the, the motion from the cage pulling her up quickly, uh, made her, made her motion sick. So she actually got sick to her stomach to the point that she threw up. And, uh, and that's not to run her down. It's just, Hey, if you, if you get motion sickness, I get it. It's not something you can control. Um, but it did, it did, it did, uh, pull the, uh, the VR from her experience. Like, so I had other games I wanted to show her stuff, but, um, I think that that, that motion sickness that unfortunately damaged it for her. And it's just not for everybody. The air is not for everybody. And it's a shame because she was really having fun, uh, prior to that, that last part. But, um, and again, too, she's not a big whiskey fan. So drinking whiskey and then giving herself motion sickness, I, I, again, hats off. She was a good sport. So, um, she took me for breakfast and she took me for dinner, uh, for my birthday. We went to Montana's, we wanted a steak, but I honestly, she was being so kind. I didn't want to be like, yeah, buy me expensive stuff. She wanted to take me for a nice dinner. I was just like, we can go have steak. Let's go to Montana's. I like the steak and it's not going to cost us like $50 a person. So we went to Montana's, uh, again, had a great dinner. We both had steak for dinner and something else we noticed at this restaurant was, we were there for, we were going to see a movie. Like we bought, I bought tickets to a movie. So we were trying to grab dinner before the movie. And, um, we were there for about 50 minutes. I know that sounds specific, but we we're about just, you know, 10 minutes shy of an hour. And in that time from getting in the door there, you know, we had to wait for a table. Um, but from the point that we got in there, uh, we probably heard, say seven seven's the key theme of these restaurant visits but seven different happy birthday songs hey we got another birthday blah, blah, blah. like every every five six minutes we have to stop and then every, everyone in the fucking place is turning into a goddamn lunatic um and i just asked her i said please don't don't tell them it's my birthday i don't want that you know what i mean it's kind it's kind but i just i don't want to be made a spectacle of and uh yeah so i, I don't know do you guys like that shit and I'd really like to hear back from you on this one. This one would, I'd really just, even if it's just a, uh, a quick little message, contact at one man podcast. What do you guys think of the whole, you know, happy birthday, singing a song bullshit at these restaurants? You know, is it cute? Like, I think for kids, it's kind of nice because it makes them feel special. But for a fucking adult, like we saw a guy, oh, and it was guys, it was the stupidest jokes too. You know what I'm talking about? Those stupid fucking jokes that are like, you know, hey everyone, Herbert, Herbert here celebrating his 29th birthday. He's clearly like an 80 year old man. Just turned 29 and there's a, <laughs> he called me young. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on. You're pandering to a guy who's seen some shit. This guy's grown up in a fucking world. And you got the goddamn millennial. Her Herbert here is 29 years old. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Happy, happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday. It's your birthday too. And we love you. Like, fuck off. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to be a piece of shit or a curmudgeon about it. But Jesus Christ. At what point in your life do you like, I need, I need a fucking douchebag to come clap and I don't know. What do you guys think of those things? Do you think, is it fun for you? Is it cute and exciting? Are you that dead inside that you need valid? And they're not even doing it because they want to. They're doing it because they have to. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. No, no, I, I, no I'm not going to say I don't know. I am confident that I, that's my position on it. All right? But tell me, I'll open my eyes to something different, a different perspective. I'm, I'm open to learning a little bit more about you. But I, I just feel like that, that strangers, hey, they love me. <laughs> oh, a free cookie because it's my birthday. <laughs> How about a free cupcake, huh? 
birthday cupcake, not birthday cookie. Anyways, who cares? <laughs> I've lost interest in all of it. I lost interest in all of it. So uh, we went to go see the movie Escape Room. Ah, another another horror twist. Something that's a feel a, a movie that's feel has been done before, but they're capitalizing capitalizing on all of the Escape Room, you know, uh, hype. Uh, the movie Escape Room is about a few people who, uh, you know, get an invitation to come make ten thousand dollars if they if they're the first ones to escape the escape room, and uh, they get lured in, and uh, the the room you know escape room starts, and uh, you know they find out very quickly that that's now a fight for survival, and their their very lives are at stake if they don't escape the room, and every room is trying to kill them. Um, so the, 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 the main thing with escape room is, uh, it's, it's basically got like that saw feel, you know, get out of this trap or you're going to die. Well, they're not trapped and it's not gory, but the fact of the matter is, you know, escape or die, figure out the trap, figure out the system, figure out the mechanics and, and live. And some psychopath has built these death trap rooms. It's entertaining. Um, there's not a lot of downtime. It's basically like almost nonstop, um, you know, action. Um, but when they try to build too much of a plot with it, that's when it, that's when it kind of falls off the rails. Um, got 58% on Rotten Tomatoes. So to finish that Rotten Tomatoes thing, Rotten Tomatoes will give you a percentage, you know, how good a movie is and, uh, any percentage over 60, it's a red tomato. It's a good tomato. It's not a piece of shit. And then anything, Underneath that is a green splat looking thing that basically means it's, ah, it's not that great. But however, I have found when it comes to horror movies, anything above 50% is at least entertaining. You know, some of them in the 40s are entertaining, but I, but you go, you go look at a movie and it's got like under 20%, a splat of tomato and it's under 20%. You're like, this movie's going to be shit, garbage. Nobody liked it here just for fun. Um, I was actually excited for the Venom movie, but, um, but Venom got a really bad Rotten Tomato score. And also, um, while we're doing it, uh, it's it's basically an amalgamation. There's critic, rev critic score and audience score. So you can look at, uh, you can look at what's there and it'll give you, like I said, a, a basically, oops. No, give me Venom. It, it, you can basically see, you know, is the score that you're looking at based on, oh, that looks like Venom too. Oh, it's a snake. Venom, 2018, Tom Hardy. Yeah, so there you go. Splatted 29%. So here you go. That's the tomato meter. The critic consensus that they hate. However, the audience has scored at 84%. So what do you think of that? So sometimes you can go to Rotten Tomatoes and just look at that, and then you can read the reviews. So all the people who've scored it and why did they score it what? So just here, just for fun, I'll give you, we've got the, the critic reviews for Venom and then audience reviews and you can see who liked what and what they gave it or whatever. So um, I'll give you one of the splatted ones from some, from the Chicago Sun-Times guy. He goes, a tone deaf, uneven and maddeningly, madding, maddeningly dumb clunker that never settles on an identity all the way to the closing credits. He did not like it. Some other guy from New York Magazine it's hard to mess up a car chase up and down the streets of San Francisco and Fleischer certainly doesn't though at these speeds, we should be gasping uh, and laughing instead of just nodding our heads. Is it a comedy? Another guy says, is it an action film? 
makes uh, Venom makes no pretense of being anything more than a superhero film, trading the thematic material present in most major superhero ventures for biting off people's heads. Okay, that's not. Anyways, those are, those are the uh, critics. Now we got uh, this guy here, a super reviewer. There's two super reviewers, they call him. <laughs> Eugene is one of the guy's names. Eugene Burnaby. Um, that sounds like a nerd. Jens. Jens is his, yeah, this other guy's name. J-E-N-S. So Jens says, I suppose you have to be a big fan of the Venom comics to appreciate this. And even then, were you not hoping for something more? Not one interesting or relatable character in sight. A really odd and awkward sense of humor, action scenes by the numbers, mediocre CGI of ridiculously silly creatures. There is no level on which this works. And worst of all, this was a big hit and there'll be more. The Marvel Cinematic Universe does sorry, the Marvel Cinematic Universe does play in entirely different leagues than this drivel. Um, and then the other one. Forceful, cringeworthy CGI, dialogue, and humor. Venom needs more than just its witty, charming chemistry from Hardy and his symbiotic counterpart to save what seems to be just another subpart entry in Sony's attempt to salvage what universe it has or is trying to create. So there you go, whatever. It's not uh, not expecting you guys to be super interested in that, but the fact of the matter is, if you're looking to watch a movie, rather than wasting two hours of your time on something that just never gets good, throw uh, go to rottentomatoes.com, throw the name of the movie in there, and then just look at the score and see what a few people are saying about it, and then you go, okay, I get an idea. And then the people who write it, like I said, you get real movie critics, and then uh, audience audiences as well. And of course, some of them are like super critics or super whatever the fuck, super writers, super reviewers, whatever the fuck it was called, you know, but at least they tried like those ones, you're going to get a little bit of an idea of what it is. So it sounds like they try to crack jokes all the way through and it's garbage. I'm still going to watch it, but, but it definitely saved me from spending 20 bucks or 27 bucks or whatever the hell it costs now for two people to go to the movies, watch that piece of garbage. Escape room. Delivered. It was ex what I expected. Some intense scenes, some interesting ideas. However, it too sort of fizzled out towards the end. Sometimes like uh, the concept of something is so wacky that just let it be there. You know, I, what I loved about, um, some things way back in the day, you know, um, yeah, again, I'm almost 40 minutes. I'm not even about the sponsor. So, so much for a short episode. Um, back in the day. You used to be able to play video games where they didn't walk you through everything. You know what I mean? Uh, I may have mentioned this in the podcast before. It may have just been a conversation, but games like The Legend of Zelda and stuff like that, you know, there'd be cracks in the wall somewhere. And you know what? If you threw a bomb next to it and happened to discover a secret passage, well, then you found that you were rewarded for finding it. But it didn't direct you there. It didn't say, hey... When you see a crack like this, put a bomb in front of it. It was just, it was crack was there and you'd fuck with it and you'd tinker yourself, right? You, you, you would challenge yourself. And if you didn't tinker with it, then you never found something, but it, the games let you learn things yourself and have, you know, these Easter eggs and stuff that you, you had to figure out on your own. It didn't, it didn't walk you through tutorial, everything. Then, then, you know, later years, it's like, Hey, when you have this boob rag and stick it there. And then you have the, your little Navi fairy, same legend of Zelda stuff. Hey, listen, Throw your boomerang up here to kill this boss. Oh, make sure you shoot him in the spines when his back is turned. Like everything walks you through everything now. You know what I mean? Um, and that's the video game aspect of this. And, and when it comes with movies is I remember used to be able to read, like I, I read Stephen King when I was younger and it, it used to be that a story could happen. Like, Hey, like, imagine this, imagine one day you walk, you woke up and everyone on your street was gone and there were zombies walking around. Do you think that you automatically get the luxury of what happened? 
Do you think someone's going to come? Oh, man, thank God I found you. Oh, oh listen, I, I heard on the radio that there was this lab and they were, they were doing these experiments, man. Okay. And then blah, blah, blah. like, do you think you get an explanation? Does, does having that explanation change the fact that you need to survive, that this is happening and you need to deal with it? You know, some movies I get that, you know, they, they, they give you a little bit of something, but some of them like try to over explain it. And then they end up coming up with just the dumbest fucking ideas to try to explain it, you know? And I feel like every, everybody needs an explanation now. And I don't mean like no explanation. I, I got pissed off about that movie. It comes at night because there was zero explanation. There was zero closure. There was zero you don't always get closure, but you know what I mean? Like sometimes you're going to give a cliffhanger. The rest of the shit makes sense and you leave it to yourself. But when the whole movie doesn't make any fucking sense, you need a little something, you know, otherwise why, why is the story being told? You know, it feels like a fucking story being told by my mother, just a story that's going nowhere and it branches off so many different directions and none of the ends will ever get torn up. And then I'm just like, well, that was a waste of my ear power. But, uh, but the over explanation too, it's like, you don't have to have a reason for everything. Maybe a movie about a fucking truth or dare game that's haunted doesn't need a bunch of explanation, especially when you never get back to it. You know what I mean? And, uh, and a movie about an escape room that's run by fucking millionaires who want to gamble on the winners and stuff like that. Like, you know, and then they just keep going and then they, over, oh my God, at the end, they over explain it. it looks so fucking stupid. Oh my God. Fun movie, fun. Don't go to it expecting to fucking learn anything. Oh, wow. That's a great, you know, horror movies are there to scare you. Suspense movies are there to just to scare you and keep you edge of your seat. And it does that. It's a, it's a fun movie. But then when they start to try to explain things, like explain everyone's pasts and stuff, you're like, fuck it. Who cares? You could just be five people, you know, wrong place, wrong time, whatever it is. Who cares? Anyways, go see it. Uh, no, don't wait. You, you, the escape room is one you can certainly wait for. Um, I think that's about it guys. You know, I, I went out to have a dinner with Jason and Simon last night. They took me up for my birthday. We went out, had some beers, had some food. That was a good time. Played a game called Anomia, which is really fun. I won't tell you anything about it, but, um, cause I, I can't really describe it particularly well, but it's a great little party game. It's just a deck of cards. So it's a great, great, simple game. If you're not into board games, it's not a board game. It's just cards, but it's a, a really fun game. And we got into it last night, had a good time. And uh, thank you, Jay and Simon, for taking me out. And uh, besides that, I've been doing a lot of Ubering. So both, um, you know, yesterday and today, today being Tuesday, of course, day before the podcast comes out, um, I, I got up at like 5.30 in the morning, uh, was driving Uber, lots of rides. This snow fell. The snow was bad on the roads yesterday and people were crashing like morons, but there was only a few, there was lots of accidents, but there was, there was less than there was today. The plow guys in Ottawa did a fantastic job of cleaning up the streets, but here's the problem with that. Um, the morons, oh, I'm saying morons a lot this week because there are many and guess what? They're allowed to fuck each other and make super breeds of super stupid morons. Um, you know, anyways, the, the streets were, were really cleaned up well. And guess what? The morons see the fucking concrete and they go, oh, I could drive on this. No problem. Now twice as many accidents today, backing up the streets, whatever, just, uh, just ridiculous. So if you're, you know, I don't have a lot of listeners in Ottawa. I have some, but I don't have, I got listeners all over the place. If you're in Ottawa, don't drive like a fucking asshole. If you're in Canada and the streets are covered in snow or my listeners, you know, just south of the border in the States where you guys get snow too, uh, just what you just drive safe. Okay. Your tires aren't meant for that shit. Just because you can see the ground doesn't mean that, you know, your, your tires are still operating in negative. Well, for you guys, what fucking negative a hundred Fahrenheit weather. It's really, really cold and they, they shrink up 
you know, they're not, they're not gripping as well as they should be. So just drive a little, little more careful. Not, I'm not blaming Americans specifically. I'm just, I'm talking to everybody right now. Just go a little slower. Just because you can see the concrete doesn't mean the roads are back to normal. It's still super cold and there's still like a thin layer of fucking just shellac on everything from all the snow. So be careful out there, you know, whatever. What can I tell you guys about? That's about, I think that's about it. You know what I mean? Oh, I do want to say that last week, um, I had, I, I kept feeling like you guys were screaming at me, um, cause I was trying to think of the word treatment, uh, for show pitches and stuff like that. And I had, I had so many people texting me, messaging me, get, like, guess, was it plot? And this and that, like, I could tell they were listening to the podcast cause they're like, is it plot? Is it this? And it's funny because I, I was, I, I put the word right in the description of the episode. So ha, if you're listening backwards, sorry, spoiler alert, um, I spent a lot of time struggling for a word and, uh, I put the word right in the episode, uh, description. So if you guys read that and you saw the word treatment, it was, I put it right in there, right in there. You would have known the answer right away. But of course you have no idea why that word is there until, uh, the context of me trying to think of a word is, is, uh, brought up. So I had people, the plot, uh, synopsis, like sending, I'm like, no, I, I was like, yeah, that's great. So here's the thing. I had more engagement about my neuroses and not being able to think of a word. I had more people message me and, and actually communicating with me and getting engaged in this podcast. Um, unfortunately I can't have a segment where I just can't think of a word cause it's too hard for me to just go, Oh, I'm going to just talk and then all of a sudden not think of a word and then let it allow, you know, allow me to, to, to be consumed by it or whatever. So I'm glad to know that my neuroses is the most engaging thing to you guys. But, um, I, I, it was fun. I'm glad, I'm glad that, that you guys were engaged and equally interested in the word. One person guessed it, although I don't know if he guessed it because of the, the, you know, the, the description of the episode, cause this guy is not a TV producer or comic or anybody in the entertainment industry at all. So I do, I do suspect foul play. However, if he says that it's not, I trust him. I don't know where you heard that word though. But, uh, anyways, thanks guys for, for, for playing around with me last week. I do appreciate that. And, uh, and hope to get that level of engagement. You know what? I talked about the birthday songs, please, please tell me what you think of that. Even if it's just a text message, I would much rather an email so I could read it out and share it with everybody, get everyone's perspectives on it, you know, throw it out to the, uh, the, the one maniverse. But, um, you know, if all I get is a text, well, it's fine. I'll take it. So Having said that, searching for words, not knowing the meaning of words, we are ready to dive right into the murders. Under John's bathroom reader, this week I read from Do Geese Get Goosebumps? And 100, sorry, and more than 199 perplexing questions with astonishing answers. And I went to the language section this week because I was like, you know what? There's a lot of things about language I don't know. I don't not know. And I wanted to, uh, I wanted to know, and I found one of the most, cause I had to deal with a lot of stupid jokes this week with the PlayStation VR stuff, you know, downtown is a lot of government workers and they are the, you know, not every city that listens to me has those government workers. However, a lot of you do guys have the office workers. Those people who tell the same fucking joke all the time, think that they're a goddamn superstar, right? They feel like they're funny, even though they're telling the same joke and they didn't even come up with that joke in the first place. It's just their little thing to say, you know what? One of those things that I've heard people say years ago, someone wrote it in my yearbook. I think that was the first place I heard it back in high school. But then I've heard people say it all the time and they say it like they're, oh, mm, 
you know, they expect people to go, oh, did you hear what Steve said? That is interesting. Guys, Steve said, here's the question. Why do we drive on a parkway, but park on a driveway? Everyone's heard someone say that. Well, guess what, fuckers? You guys are going to be the people who know the answer to this question because there's real information behind it. The road to nowhere. Question, why do we drive on a parkway, but park on a driveway? Here it is. You can shove this in their hacky face and hopefully destroy. So not only will they be like, I'm going to impress them. You're not going to be impressed and you're going to turn around and impress them and tell them, now, don't you ever, ever say this again, you stupid fucking asshole. Anyways, road to nowhere. Why do we drive in a parkway but park on a driveway? Don't let the names fool you. A parkway doesn't refer to parked vehicles. The term predates cars. If you told someone 150 years ago that you were parking, it would mean that you were planting trees, shrubs, and flowers in a public space. Henceforth, these areas became known as parks. And the original parkways were roads that went through or connected parks. As the automobile began to overtake the horse and buggy drivers, often, sorry, as the, the uh, automobile began to overtake the horse and buggy, buggy drivers often gathered in these parks to give their horses a break from the loud cars. That's how the verb park came to mean come to a rest. The term parkway has remained, in the U.S. anyway, to describe roads that go through wooded areas from park to park. So what about driveway? In the olden days, most big houses, before they were all squeezed together like they are today, were located far from the main road. So people needed a way to drive their buggies and later their cars to their home. So as the length of driveways shrunk to their present size, the term driveway stuck, even if most modern driveways are only the length of one car. And that, my friends, is why we drive on a parkway but park on a driveway. All right? So don't ask that fucking question anymore. From my friends at PortablePress.com, do geese get goosebumps and more than 199 perplexing questions with astonishing answers? Thank you, guys. And now you know. Come to the One Man Podcast. Leave smarter. All right, and who else are my partners? Well, you know my partners. That silly old fuck who lives across the hall from me. Absolute comedy. Uh, <laughs> what? Someone's going to go, what? I've now talked about my roommates uh, this episode. So any new listeners are like, what is he talking about? Guys, I... And performing at Absolute Comedy February 19th to the 24th here in my home city of Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Get your tickets at absolutecomedy.ca or check out absolutecomedy.ca for all the great shows they got at all three locations, Toronto, Ottawa, and Kingston. Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. And we're back. I've also got my partners, of course, at Carlsberg. Carlsberg owning my delicious Summer's Bee and Cronenberg Beverages. Summer Bees come at Summer Bees. So I have a lot of people called Summer Bees. Uh, and apparently the faster I talk, I say that too. Guys, Summer's Bee. Is a delicious apple cider. It comes in a variety of flavors. Apple, of course. Semi-dry for a little less sweetness, but all the same great summer's bee taste. Blackberry. Pear. 
red rhubarb, watermelon, had a big, I was going to say the elderflower lime, but I had to stop myself going, oh, it's no longer available. Off the market, I've got a couple cans left and I'm saving them, buddy. I'm going to squirrel them away in my attic. Someone comes knocking on the door. Hey, do you have any elderflower lime summers beans there? No, officer, I have not got any, please. Being on. No, we are coming in to search. Check in the basement. Check in this house. There is no elderflower lime. It is not. It's off the market. We are taking them back and we are destroying them. Elderflower lime. I got a couple squirreled away. All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Cronenberg. <laughs> Cronenberg definitely sounds German, but is not. It is from the France. I think, or Belgium. Who cares? It's French. Cronenberg uh, Blanc. Cronenberg Blanc. Fru Rouge. Fru Rouge. Fru Rouge. Fru Rouge. Fru Rouge. Fruit Rouge. And of course, the regular Cronenberg. Oh man, are they ever good beers. Such good beers. You know, the whole Carlsberg family. You can check out all this different stuff. Maybe I'll give you guys a, a little taste. Huh? I spoil you, you know. I got a, I got one of... Uh... Excuse me. Oh, that was that was gross, Josh. You didn't have to burp in our face. Well, uh, you know, I'm a bit of an animal. And uh, you get you get what you get from this here podcast. Okay. So... The Carlsberg family, I'm not going to be able to pronounce most of these. They have uh, Baltica, never heard of it. Grimbergen, I think I've heard of that. Brooklyn Brewery, of course, the Cronenberg and Cronenberg Blah family. Summersby, of course. Uh, Tuborg, is Tuborg here? Yes, Tuborg is also in the, the Carlsberg family of beers. Holsten and uh, Okosim, Mythos, Tetley's. All sorts of great uh, stuff here. Half of them I've heard of, but it's a big portfolio and a lot of a lot of delicious, popular beers on uh, on the portfolio. But of course, the ones that come here come home to me would be the uh, Summersby, of course, and Cronenberg. So those are the ones that I ask for the most because they're so goddamn good. But maybe I'll try the other ones, guys. Sorry, I've got like all these business cards taped to my fucking desk. So in order to see the back of the card where the whole family was, I had to take it off. Who cares? Um, who else we got? Who else did I forget? Did I forget anybody? Huh? I think that's everybody. Ah, I forgot one. You know, I never forget them. My friends at DK.com, Dorling Kindersley, and I'm trying to make these reviews shorter and shorter, guys, so you guys don't bitch. Why is he talking about books? Um, this book is uh, Eat, Feel Fresh, a contemporary plant-based Ayurvedic cookbook. Mm. And the foreword in this book, guys, is by none other than Deepak Chopra. Deepak Chopra, very good, uh, you know, life coach. I want to say, like, I don't want to say like spiritual leader because he's not like a cult guy, but he's very big on mindfulness and everything like that. I read a book of his called The Ultimate Happiness Prescription, which um, I thoroughly enjoyed. It's not a DK book. It is just an absolutely wonderful book. Um, it's a really good life uh, life guide. If you're the kind of person who's kind of maybe feeling lost at times or whatever, or unhappy, I really have to say the ultimate happiness prescription from Dr. Deepak Chopra. All right. He's not just some fucking piece of shit. He's a goddamn doctor. Um, where's the fucking, where's the forward? Yeah. He's uh, anyways, he's written the forward in this. He, he, uh, strongly recommends this book as well. So that was, I was already super excited for it prior to that. Then when I saw that Deepak Chopra wrote the foreword, I was, it was even more exciting. Um, this book is all about different sort of, uh, life health, um, creating an alkaline version. We all know that to alkalize our body makes a big difference and, and sustains, sustains and helps fend off diseases. It doesn't sustain these diseases, it sustains our body and fends off diseases. But this book has all sorts of different information in it about the difference between yoga and Ayurveda. Um, 
different kinds of way to alkalize your body, the different kinds of food that alkalize your body. Overall, it is a cookbook. But as usual, DK isn't like, hey, here's a cookbook. One page of like, hey, my name's Susan. This is Carol. And we like to make fun things. I'm trying to make fun of that fucking book and I can't remember the name of it. Hey, maybe I, maybe I just came up with another thing we won't be able to remember. But there was like these two stupid bitches that had like a serious... <laughs> Oh, I love that my go-to, my go a book I haven't read is like, yeah, hey, this is there's a series of books by these two stupid bitches. Wow, Josh. Wow. I, I, listen, I apologize, ladies. Your books still seem incredibly stupid to me, but they're like, they're like fucking pun. There are all these like recipes with puns in them. This is, this is how I review a DK book. I go and I shit on women and other books from other publishers <laughs> like that's that's this book is not written by a couple of fucking twats god jesus christ <laughs> they had like these cookbooks where it's like i i i it was puns every recipe was like a pun off of something else but they were just like but my point is is like you open one of those books like hi i'm cheryl and girl and we're like yay it's a let's make some hairy Potter fucking, I don't know. I'm trying to think of food and, and then, you know what I'm trying to do? I'm, I can't always come up with this shit off the top of my head, but it was, but it was like spoons, loony spoons. There you go. The stupid fucking pun. There we go. There we go. Thank you brain for giving it to me faster than normal. Loony spoons, that kind of bullshit. And it's just the fucking two chicks coming up with goddamn recipe. Okay. I can't make up the, the thing. At least I remember the name of the thing. Okay, Looney Spoons, you can Google it. Dumb shit. All right? It's a cookbook. And they're like, hey, we just we're just two girls who like to cook for our kids. And we thought, hey, kids recipes are popular. We should put them in a book. Yay! Forward, yay! All right, let's make Daffy dumplings. <laughs> there you go. I came up with one. The point being is what I like about DK's books, even when they are cookbooks, is they don't just go, hey, we like this stuff, so we made a cookbook. And then it's just recipe after recipe after recipe. Very boring. What I like about these books is that they will actually talk to you about why the recipes are important, why they've chosen the recipes, why they've chosen the ingredients that they have, what difference it makes to your body. In fact, there's even a section on chakras and the, the different chakras and what the different foods can do for your chakras. Now, I don't know if chakras are really, like, it's a real thing. I do think that that's more spiritual and more belief. But hey, who knows? Maybe there's scientific facts about chakras. We do know that our body deals in different energies. We have different pressure points. You know, we do know about shit like that, so... Oh, I, I, I've really enjoyed reading this book. Luckily I didn't have to read all the recipes. It is, it is, I would say at least 60% recipes, but there's a ton of different things in the beginning that just teach you about your body and how the different things move and, and, and how your gut works and stuff like that. I, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really did. And, uh, I'll share with you guys, maybe something, you know, there's like the, there's like a section on, uh, chai pancakes and they even have like a DIY quinoa flour. So how to, how to, you know, how to make some quinoa flour. Um, they have some really cool smoothies that actually look really, really, really good. There was a thing about making, um, uh, what is it? They got a cereal section, you know, like actually making dried cereals and stuff. Um, coconut quick oats, sesame ginger, sorry, sesame ginger miso bowls. There's really, and of course, as usual, DK imagery, tons of beautiful images on how to make this stuff. Um, but they have every all the kinds of foods. It's not just like, hey, here's a bunch of dinners, like breakfast, lunch, drinks, um, how to make your own coconut milk, 
um, cauliflower casserole, all sorts of cool stuff. By the way, I, one of the things I did have uh, for the first time yesterday was I had uh, the, the, the cauliflower buffalo bites or whatever. I guess a lot of restaurants are starting to do this where they deep fry cauliflower and then they just put like buffalo sauce on it. So it's like a vegetarian chicken wing. Holy fuck, was it ever good. Um, sweet potato pesto pizza, you know, I, the, the point, the point I'm making guys is if you're trying to do better for yourself, uh, this is a really good example of how to eat well from a spiritual culture that has been, you know, everyone's doing turmeric and stuff like that. Now it's like, well, yeah, there's a lot of turmeric in this book, you know, there's, there's world leading, um, health people suggesting a lot of the stuff that's in this book. And, um, I, I was very happy to get it very happy to, to, to work on it. And I will start, you know, guys follow the Instagram and Facebook and all that shit. And I'll, I'll try to work on some of these, uh, recipes and, um, and take some pictures of it. But I'm, I'm really excited to try some of these things. Obviously I'm always bitching that I have no time, but, um, I really want to make some of the stuff in this book because what they were saying about, you know, how the things, different things affect your body and the alkaline and all that stuff. There's a lot of really good, uh, flavors and stuff in this book. So I'm, I'm excited to talk a book, eat, feel fresh, a contemporary plant-based Ayurvedic cookbook. Uh, I, I really, uh, I really re recommend it. So again, to, to all my friends here looking at this stuff, I was sort of, there's something that read, I wanted to yell at read about something. And I can't remember what the fuck it was. I don't know if it's in this book or if it was something different, but I've forgotten. I have forgotten. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll come back to me. But there was something I was like, oh, I got to remind myself to tell Red about this. And now we've come to that magical part of the show where I call somebody I know and bother them. The touch and go segment, guys. See how everyone's doing. First person on this list, my buddy Mika. I got three names. If I hit to the end of them without somebody, well, then we just don't get one. You know what? I'm totally fine with not talking to someone this week because I want to get back to my life. It's close to five o'clock and I got shit to do. All right, let's call the tall guy and see how he's doing. Oh, Mika, magic friend of mine. I gotta, I gotta get to playing with them. I gotta go over and see Mika and his lovely wife Mel. Try to, uh, try to get another game night in before they have their baby. Answer the phone, Mika. Answer the phone. Hello. Hey, buddy. Welcome to the One hey. Man Podcast. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, what's going on? Not too much. How's your day? Not too bad. Hey, buddy. How's it going? You're okay with uh, you're okay with his name on the podcast? I don't want to edit this. Uh, is it possible to bleep it? I hate you so much. I don't know how to bleep. I don't know how to put a sound on top. Don't worry about it. Whatever. No worries. Um, I'm so careful not to, Mika. Anyways, so you're not at work then? Stop yeah, saying his fucking name. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I have like, I have like, I have like three listeners and you're one of them. So don't worry. Yeah, exactly. Is the sound quality super bad? Cause I'm in the car and you're on speaker. Um, it's not super bad. We can hear you. I'm sure off phonic will give you a little bit of a boost. Let me, um, I'll put one earbud in with the microphone and okay. do it that way. How does that sound? Sounds good. You there? Hello? I'm here. Yeah, there you go. You're a little louder now. Right on. Yeah, buddy. What's going on, buddy? Not much. I'm doing fine. I, uh, I've already told these animals about how I'm doing. What about you? What's new and exciting with you? You've got another one on the way. Are you excited for got twice as much? another one on the way. Yeah, are you excited for we're, twice as much work? Uh, we're doing a 
ultrasound tomorrow to see if the baby the baby is originally in breech position. If you don't know what that is, that means that the head is up, which is not conducive to uh, regular natural childbirthing. Okay. Um, so, uh, in an attempt to get it to be unbreached, um, they can do. Uh, it's called. I think it's called an inversion. Um, anyway, the, the doctor basically massages Mel's belly uh, to try and get the baby to flip. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we're trying that on Thursday, but we're having a ultrasound tomorrow to see if it flipped on its own. Because in trying the inversion, uh, there's a I think like a twenty percent chance of Mel going into labor right then and there. <laughs> So, right. So we're, we're kind of like worried, obviously in trying that, um, because, uh, not really worried, I guess we'll be at the hospital. So it's not a big deal really, but, uh, it, it will be not as planned if we were to do say a C-section or something like that. Right. Well, why don't you do like the uh, ET method where you just put like a, like a, a trail of Reese's pieces outside her vagina and see, well, if you can lure, <laughs> see if you can lure the if baby out me. that way. Maybe he'll come out head first if for the Reese's Pieces. <laughs> if the baby's anything like me, chocolate almonds would probably be the best thing to do. But, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, but, but I'm saying like, he's going to rub her belly and the kid's going to what? He's, he, I love it. He's like, he's going to massage her belly in to try to yeah. get the kid to flip around. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like trying to get me to roll over in bed by rubbing the wall on the other side of the room. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I, of course, I'm not a doctor. I just, I, I'm, I'm very fascinated by the process. Oh, and Mika's gone. Well, how about that? I'm going to try him again. I hope he heard how funny I was making fun of their precious situation. I'm going to try him again. He might call me at the exact same time too, which is always a thing. Hi, you get to hear when you listen to the podcast tomorrow, all the things I said when the phone disconnected, uh, <laughs> I was just saying it's fun. It's in the country, like driving down dirt roads. Sure. No worries. Do you want to say your address too, at the same time while you're saying all your other personal details on the podcast? Probably the most intelligent thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then throw in your ATM pin at the end. Um, you're like, well, it's actually my address. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. The, um, what was I going to say? Yeah. So I just, I guess I don't yeah, understand so, that stuff. So, so by rubbing her belly, the baby will flip or is he trying to like flip it through her yeah, belly? So, yeah. So basically we tried it first go around with heart, with the baby yep. that is currently alive. <laughs> I mean, both babies are alive, but walking around outside of the womb. <laughs> See, you could try to like, you could try to like politically correct or cover your tracks linguistically into oblivion. Do you see what I have to do every week? This is brutal trying to never, to never make a fucking mistake verbally. Oh my God. What a fucking nightmare. Anyway, excuse my language. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I never swear on this podcast. It's super, it's super basic. Like all they do is they like feel around for his like bum and his head or the baby's bum and the baby's head. We don't know the sex of the baby. Okay. Um, and uh, and they just basically massage it until, like, they, they try to get it, you know, like, if you can imagine something in a big sack of water and you trying to change its position, it's, that's what they do. 
Yeah, it's like it's like when you have a bottle of water and it's frozen and it starts exactly. to melt. You can't shake. You can't try to spin that ice cube in the middle by just shaking it. It's not. It's very difficult. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly that. So you can kind of like move it around a little bit, I guess. So yeah. So that's the idea. But when he uh, fucks with it, it, there's a chance it'll pop and she'll go into labor. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, it, it may flip, but it also may pop the uterine line in there. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Science. Yeah, I don't know. What that stuff's called. It's gross. <laughs> um, but yeah, the sack. So, um, so yeah. So that's what's going on with me right now. Not right now. Right now, I'm currently driving. Uh, hands free. That's okay. Uh, for all you worried people out there, what's up, buddy? Hi. You can hear him too on this, which is cool. I hope off on it doesn't edit him, edit him out. That's kind of cool. So question for, question for you. Um, and of course, as usual, there's no judgment. It's just so that I can learn is I don't know if this is because I have more friends who are having babies now. So I just come across it more or if it really is maybe a new, newer trending thing, but I'm noticing that the, there's a lot of people like not wanting to know the sex of their, their baby. And is there, is there anything behind that other than the surprise? I just, I feel like I see more people doing it now. Yeah, exactly. You, You basically hit it. Like it's, it's, just that much, I don't know, like, I don't know, knowing ahead of time, like, everybody that we talk to, knowing ahead of time, it, their main thing is that just so they can be ready. Yeah, like, that's what I was thinking. For what? Like, be, be ready for what? You're going to have, what, blue clothing instead of pink? Like, yeah, we dress in whatever, like, it doesn't, it, they're a baby, it doesn't freaking matter, like, what is it? Anyway, whatever. No, it's fair. I appreciate that that input. I also like when other people get mad on the podcast besides me. <laughs> yeah. But it's, yeah, because that's what I was saying. I was like, yeah, well, how do you know what color to paint the room and all those things that don't matter yeah, that every exactly. woman. Paint the room like too often. But like, there's whatever. some people who like that's, that's now at the same time, they're at home, they're, their belly's big. They got nothing better to do than, to, you know, to want to, you know, I, and I get that. So it gives them something to do yeah. to, to shop. But I think, I think also like people like to celebrate and stuff so you know they'll do i guess reveal parties and stuff yeah that's a new thing right and that's all good yeah i mean whatever whatever you want to do to you know it's exciting and this and that do it your own way whatever makes you happy for us it was obviously a magical moment but it was just was that much more exciting finding out the sex of the baby then and there uh as well as the fact that it was healthy and all that good stuff it just you know (laughs) it's a pretty special thing so you guys didn't know what uh what the first one was either yeah exactly okay cool but i just did, i just did, kinda, i didn't say his name i wasn't being like rude or i was just not saying no, his no. name yeah, yeah no 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 i got you man don't worry about it thank you though but it's um yeah man hey buddy we're home oh my gosh that's cool where'd you guys go it's josh uh i just picked him up from daycare oh, okay very very cool yeah can you say his name buddy you say josh yeah. Yeah. Can you say one man podcast? <laughs> uh, for three hundred dollars, you can. Oh, can he? All righty. Thanks. Get my first little fucking baby sponsor there. Mm. Cool. Well, I'm I'm gonna try to make it out there before uh, before she pops. You tell you tell that fucking uh, rub and tug doctor who's doing belly massages there with. To, you don't want a fucking happy ending on the end of it. You pop the fucking well, baby. It might not- it might not be an option, honestly. Like we have this, like if she ends up having to go into labor this Thursday, then, um, then it's, 
you know, obviously it's not on the table really anymore. Well, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, so hopefully there's no accidental birthing or, or anything like that ahead of time. So, um, I'll see, uh, I don't have anything this weekend at all. So if you guys want to do something, uh, you know, Friday or Saturday or whatever. Okay, cool, man. Why don't we, uh, why don't we tentatively plan and, uh, and we'll, uh, I'll put it, put it in pencil there on the calendar. Cool. That would be fun. Yeah. Where's the neighbors, eh, buddy? <laughs> well, I'm going to let you turn back okay. into a father. And <laughs> I look forward to, uh, to seeing you and shooting the shit again soon, buddy. Um, and, uh, Sounds yeah. Good, man. Yeah. Okay. Well, you guys, uh, good luck with everything. Don't let that doctor fuck up our plans. <laughs> Just, uh, can you put like a chip clip on Mel's vagina or something like that to keep the baby from coming out? Is that how they work? I'm not sure. <laughs> well, that's what I was reading into there. The, uh, well, not reading into it. I saw an article about the mutilation they're calling it uh, the, uh, they call it the husband stitch. The husband stitch? Yeah. What's Look that? Into that. That'll, oh, I don't want to throw up. Do no, bit. do it. You do it, Mika. You brought it up. Share it with my listeners. No, I, I just got home actually. I got to get my Oh, uh, for fuck's sake. Okay, so it's called, uh, it's called the husband stitch, and now you're talking about the mutilation of it? The two different things, right? Uh, well, it, I think the article is that it, it's considered mutilation. I don't know. It's a hot topic. Oh, is it for, for, for parents? I assume I've never heard of it, but that's what I'm going to Google right now. I'm going to share it with the listeners, Mika, and you can hear the results of my search when you listen to the episode. Okay, buddy. I got to let you go. Yep. But, uh, take it easy and uh, loving the pod. Keep it up. All right, pal. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you soon. Good luck. Peace, yep. All right. Now we got something to Google here. The husband stitch. And I'm sure a lot of you listening with my friends with kids, you probably all, uh, I'll know what this is, but now you get to hear my stupid. Oh, I just typed in the husband into Google and the husband stitch is the first thing that came up. All right. There's a picture of the peach, uh, emoji with stitches across its butthole. What the fuck is that? And then that looks like someone's sewing a cheesecake together. All right, fuck. Let's, let's dive into this. The husband stitch or husband's stitch, also known as the daddy stitch, Husband's knot and vaginal tuck is a purported surgical procedure in which one or more sutures than necessary are used to repair a woman's uh, perineum after it has been torn or cut during childbirth. Uh, okay. How long is this video? Eight minutes. I don't think I'd make you guys listen to an eight minute video. Um, the husband stitch isn't just a horrifying childbirth myth from Healthline. Oh, January 20 of oh, 2018. I see 2018. I'm like, that hasn't even happened yet. We're in 2019. All right. Well, let's fucking do this Wikipedia style. Uh, women's blah, 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 blah. The claimed purpose is to tighten the opening of the vagina and thereby enhance the pleasure of her male sex partner during penetrative intercourse, not regular intercourse, uh, which we all understood to be penetrative. I think evidence for benefits is lacking. Ah, medical perspective. Let's fucking dive right into this, right? And you guys can hopefully send me an email. Hey, contact the one man podcast. Tell me what you think about the husband stitch. <laughs> so what does that mean? They cut it? Cause you, if it's already torn, oh, I guess it tears and what, wouldn't they not normally put it back together? If it tears during birth, do they just go, ah, just leave it. You know, I got, I got a lunch, right? No, they, I would imagine that they get torn. You stitch them up. So what's the fucking problem? Um, let's see here. Uh, while repair of the perineum, 
may be medically necessary. An extra stitch is not. But then again, if you're sti- if it's if it's an extra stitch, like you can't just take my skin, f- f- like press it against. You know, I don't know. I don't have enough to really pull on and stitch over. But like, if I had extra skin and you took it and stitched it over on top of itself, it's not going to just grow together. It's just you held together. You cut those stitches and it separates. There'll be some wounds from the, the stitching, but you can't just stitch up something that's not already open, right? Unless it's like metal or something. I don't know. Um, medically necessary and extra stitch is not and may cause discomfort or pain. Use of the term in the medical literature can be traced to transactions of the Texas State Medical Association in 1885. There's also a reference to it in What Women Want to Know, 1958, a book co-written by an American gynecologist. Uh, it appears that no studies exist to determine whether the procedure occurs or, and how many women have been affected. Some medical practitioners view reports about the procedure as an urban legend. So this is not something people are requesting. It's like, it's bullshit. It's the, it's a fucking, it's a joke. At least that's what I'm getting from it. If there's no fucking, you know, if, if medical guys are like, it's a myth, then it's certainly not something you just ask for. It wouldn't be considered a myth. Um, anyways, I, uh. All right. Well, so what? What the fuck did you bring it up for then, Mika? You guys are you, you guys aren't actually talking about getting one, right? It's not a real thing, I would imagine. So, all right, whatever. Okay. Well, here we are. Fucking hour sixteen in. That was touch and go, guys. This week coming up, what do I got? <laughs> Nothing really interesting. I'm taking my uh, my my new car in to get uh, a couple little touch ups on some of the window tint to cut a few spots. It was cold. Guys, it was cold. I'm sure their fingers were, you know, they're working God knows what conditions. A couple little things of dust got under some stuff. You know what? Who cares? These guys at Goldwing are great. I I assume they're going to fix it up for me. So, you know, final results will be in at some point and I'll let you know. But so far, they're, they're fun to talk to. They're very professional, very polite. Hook a motherfucker up. I appreciate that. Tomorrow, I got to go in and sign some insurance papers. But that's that's all I've got on the docket for my week. Ubering and then doing uh, some final stuff for the car. So contact at onemanpodcast.com. It sounds like another thing I'll be doing this week is hanging out with Meek on Friday, assuming some doctor doesn't pop his his wife's baby balloon of water. Um, yeah. So send me an email, guys. Contact at onemanpodcast.com. Tell me if you know more about this baby stitch or husband stitch thing than I do. Tell me what you think about singing happy birthday in a fucking restaurant by someone dressed like a cowboy. <laughs> Just tell me what's going on with you. You know, I love to hear from you. Contact the one man podcast.com. Hey, paping people sending me messages here. Yo, yo, yo. What up? Want to meet up for coffee next week? Paul crummy. Hope he's listening to the podcast. A little shout out to him. I got to unplug. I got to unplug the fucking thing from the phone. Cause it's just going to keep going off. You guys are gonna keep hearing notifications. <laughs> Uh, I want to thank my sponsors, PortablePress.com, AbsoluteComedy.ca, Summersby, a.k.a. the big daddy of them all, Carlsberg, and of course, DK.com slash CA here in Canada or DK.com in the States. My partners at Dorling Kindersley, they got great fucking books. I cannot wait to see what else they got coming down the pipeline because there's a few other ones coming out. Some uh, There's a book all about smoothies, man, and I love smoothies because they're easy to make and they're good for you. So I can't wait to to get my hands on a copy of that book. And uh, some other cool ones coming down. I cannot wait. Cannot wait. So, um, yeah. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. One Man Cod, pod, cod, cod, Codcast. Uh, One Man Podcast. I'm getting, too, I'm getting too excited about being done this episode, guys. One Man Podcast. Uh, you'll find us on those. And I'm trying to add more social media stuff. And by trying, I mean I've added less than normal. I've posted very little in the next little bit. I'm also trying to work with a partner... 
um, a social media expert on amalgamating the one man podcast, Instagram and the Josh Williams comedy one. So feel free to follow me on Josh Williams comedy as well, guys, because, uh, I tried to have different content, but I think I'm just going to put it all under one umbrella. And then you could follow me one place and get everything that I'm doing. will make my life a lot easier too. Um, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play Music. I don't know where you're listening to this too, but of course you can subscribe. It's free. And then every week you don't have to hunt for it. It's just going to be right in your library and you can catch up with me and what I got going on and, and listen to me run my fucking mouth, but all sorts of stupid stuff. Um, so this is here. I was bitching about Netflix before. They just sent me a notification. Suggestion for Josh. Trigger warning with Killer Mike. Never heard of that, but I'm sick of being triggered. That's it, guys. If you subscribe on any of those things, uh, leave a five-star rating and a, call, a review. I would really appreciate that. It makes uh, you know the podcast easier to find, makes things a little bit easier for me, lets me keep running my mouth for, uh, for all sorts of good reasons. Um, and I think that's it. If you're listening to this on something like Twitter or Facebook and you don't quite know how to do the things I just described, uh, send me a message. I'd be more than happy to walk you through the steps because it just keeps me connected to you guys and makes me very, very happy to know that you're out there listening and that uh, we're a little bit closer. You know a little bit more about me and I have a chance to learn a little bit more about you. Having said that, you guys are fucking stellar, man. I'm going to go out and uh, enjoy the rest of my evening. And uh, I think that's about it. You guys have a great week. Have uh, some fun and fucking tell me about it. I'll chat with you next week.